0: That's Stamps.com. Code program.
1: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Best of the Breakfast Show podcast with Sky from Virgin Radio. I'm Gabby Roslin and I've been here with Ricky Wilson and Sam Pinkham this week sitting in for Chris. There are plenty of great guests coming up. Legendary chef Jamie Oliver makes our mouths water with his new book, Together, Memorable Meals Made Easy. Top draw comedian Mo Gilligan takes a look back at where his journey started in his new book, That Moment When, life stories from way back then. The always hilarious Matt Lucas turns the pages of his wonderfully wacky new children's book, My Very 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 Very, Very Silly Book of Games. And the one and only Charlie Brooks has us on the edge of our seats with news of her return to doof, 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 doof EastEnders as the villainous Janine Butcher all of that and so much more still to come dapper dave who's up first
2: with lockdown ending and dinner parties pending our next guest has got something just for you his new cookbook together memorable meals made easy is out today so ladies and gentlemen please welcome a man with a recipe for every occasion it's the proper pucker jamie oliver
0: oh yeah
1: lovely lovely jamie Oh, oh goodness me how are you I'm good. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Well, thank you very much for our picnic of... I love picnic. Oh, my word. Did you get it?
3: Yeah, we did get it. I've been up
4: since 4.30 in the morning, and it's all out of the oven. Nothing's from the fridge. It's all freshly done. I
3: recognise your thumbprints in that cake.
1: (laughs) And the pickles, the pickles are... So I'm a pickle... I'm addicted to pickles. I can't stop once I start. Oh, my word. Jamie, I, you know, you had me at pickles. There we go.
5: <laughs> Definitely.
1: So you and your family together, Cookbook. Yeah. It's just a joy. It's a proper Jamie joyful book.
4: That's what I wanted. I wanted it to be joyful. And also, I think after the last year, I wanted to write a book that was useful now. As, you know, we're allowed to have the people we love back in our lives, in our homes. And I wanted to hold people's hand to be able to do the most incredible dinners which sounds like, is it just another cookbook? But I've had to write it completely differently so that you can get ahead of the game so when your friends and family arrive, you can be enjoying it with them. So it's kind of no stress.
1: I
3: like that because at the moment I'm doing my house up so I haven't got a kitchen slash living room, which is what I like and you can't that that complicates things but you've split everything up into get ahead on the day and to serve so you've got exactly. more time to be with the people you uh, love and want to feed
4: yeah i don't know if you feel the same as me but that's what i've learned in the last year you know it's it, the food's just an excuse to have incredible moments with your family Have a laugh. There's no point in having a dinner party if you're in the kitchen stressed and not enjoying it. You want to be out there having a giggle, having a cocktail and getting amongst it. Exactly.
1: you, You know, something extraordinary happened this morning. So we all arrived this morning with our books under our arms and we had all picked out, honestly, no word of a lie, we'd all picked out... One of the recipes, so Ricky and I and Aussie Jane had all picked out the same recipe and we didn't know, we hadn't discussed it. Go on, which one? It's absolutely delicious. Tender,
3: sticky aubergines. Yeah, they're good. I've always been terrified of aubergines, Jamie.
4: But
1: that is, I'm really surprised
4: because Britain doesn't normally love aubergines. We don't oh. quite understand it, but
3: it's delicious. My wife's half Italian, so she's a melanzani freak. There you go. There you go. Is, no. Yeah.
4: No, I get it. I get it.
3: Yeah. Um. But, um, um. Yeah. I, I. I. I've only recently got into them, and it's something that it, it's changed my life. See, I think there's the people think they're either
4: dry or greasy, but mm. that method that I, I've got in the book will give you a crispy skin and the most amazing tender flesh, and it's sweet and sour and a little spicy. Oh,
3: it's Aussie Jane has actually made it.
1: Yeah, she's here in and the studio. She's going already. to talk us through. Yeah, she's. said, we got, we've got it. We're going to try it now. I love it. It's all umami. Go on, Aussie Jane. What did you do? Talk us through it. Oh, thank you so much for this wonderful recipe. It mm. was, I've never cooked aubergine in this way. And you essentially put all the ingredients in a pan and
6: boil it wow. up until it simmers down to this sticky sauce. and.
1: I was fascinated by how it was all working. It's God!
7: Really good.
6: When oh, I,
1: that's incredible. I, I, I poked the aubergine at the end and it looked like the consistency of tofu, but I, I didn't taste yeah, yeah. it myself. What does what it oh, taste like? Oh, my word. It's that's brilliant. It, it's, you haven't had it yet? No. <laughs> it's a proper umami hit and I love umami. Anything like this, oh... Between you and Jamie, I am the happiest person on the
4: planet. (laughs) Well, the the, the nice thing about that method is as you're boiling it away, you're steaming the aubergine. That completely Mm. changes the texture. And then as it starts to evaporate, it starts to get crispy and glaze and get sticky. But the rest of the meal for that is a really beautiful celebration, like these little um, seafood uh, parcels. um, And uh, yeah, you should definitely check out the rest of that meal. The, The way I wrote the book was that each chapter is a meal. And there's some fancy meals, there's some humble meals, there's some everyday classic meals. And I try to kind of give everyone, like, an array of choices and then talk about things like table plan, cocktails, nibbles,
3: stuff like that. You're speaking my language now. Jamie, you got got me and my wife through lockdown because we were trying to lose a bit of weight for a wedding and then uh, our treat once a week was uh, a sausage thing you do where you just bung a hell of a lot of tomatoes in the oven with sausages on top and it was amazing. How good
4: i mean when you give tomatoes time in the oven they just transform don't they
3: yeah with like it was brilliant garlic and vinegar and it was amazing amazing well i'm very grateful
4: you You guys have been brilliant i mean how you've cooked one of my recipes you've all picked the same thing and you've been cooking my recipes in lockdown i'm very grateful. i swear by your lamb meatballs there you go thank you i do love i love a meatball Mm. and i I I think is i love everything my job is to eat. <laughs> so, it's, what a job.
1: Well, you are very special, Jamie. And uh love to Jules and Thank the you. 2,000 children you have. <laughs> um, and carry on spreading the joy. Uh, his book, Together, Memorable Meals Made Easy, is out today. And the series, Jamie, Oliver, Together, it starts Monday the 13th of se- September, 8 o'clock on Channel 4, as always. Jamie, you are an absolute joy. Oh, quickly, Sally in Liverpool says, I'm an avid collector of Jamie's books. Can't wait for my pre-order to... Uh, uh, arrived Jenny in Chichester says drooling from the south of England
3: yeah georgian George hastings says wow the spread jamie sent, sent you looked divine and you even put flowers in a vase for us as well thank you, you. see it's I,
8: all I, the little details i know
3: <laughs> and thanks for getting us through lockdown because you know the days revolved around you know three there's three moments when we could eat and
4: yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. i get it lot was of my, time. it
8: was my pleasure it really it was my pleasure and
4: and and i think it was one of the things that you know broke the monotony of the day and
8: Hopefully, people keep up some of the things they learn. And yeah, onwards mm. and upwards, guys.
2: Here's
1: no that. surprise that everybody loves you because you are a really good soul. Bless you. Thank you very much, Jimmy Oliver.
9: So thank you for having... The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin
6: Radio.
1: Now, Dapper Dave isn't here today. He's so... not. No. No. Please. Oh, he does the
3: intros. Yeah. Can I do it for him? Yeah. Can
1: I do it on his special mic? <laughs> yes. As you run across the studio. Oh, he is. He's going to his special mic. Okay. He's
3: got better headphones than me. Is this the intro? Yes. Do I start now? Yeah, go. He's shot for the stars. Little Britain is baking off quite nicely and releasing books with names hard to get right on the radio. My very, 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 very silly book of games is out tomorrow. And here to tell us more is the very, 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 very lovely Matt Lucas.
10: Good morning. Hello, Matt. How are you? Very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on your show.
1: Surely you're very, 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 very well, aren't you? I'm almost
10: too well, but I'm (laughs) chuffed to be talking to you both. What a treat. Hello, Hello, Matt.
1: It's a treat for us, and this book is just brilliant. So, Matt, tell us about this book, is it? So, the other ones were just brilliant, and they've sold billions of of copies, and this (laughs) is just... Games and fun and happy.
10: Yeah, so I had a book, uh, my very, 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 very silly book of jokes. And I followed it up with a book of pranks. And now, tomorrow, I have my very, 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 very silly book of games. Brilliant. Um, And all these books are interactive, you see. I was just thinking, you know, during the pandemic, kids stuck at home. so, So I thought it's good to get kids reading, but also to get kids doing things that don't necessarily involve just looking at TikTok all the time, uh, as much fun as TikTok is. So, uh, yeah, so I've got these sort of activity books, really, for kids. And then they have silly comments from me all the way through next to the games and fun illustrations. And, uh, yeah, they're good fun.
3: I like this comment you've written next to this chocolate game, which is I agree with wholeheartedly. I love chocolate, but why do they call them fun-sized Mars bars when it would be a lot more fun if they
10: were bigger? Perfect. Well, this is a, a universal question. It's existential, that question. It is. As as I've
3: never concerned. really understood the grab bag either with crisps because a grab yeah. bag should be smaller than a big one.
10: Well, also, sometimes the crisps get called share, share
1: bags.
3: Yeah. Forget there, that. There's no such thing. That's not happening. It's unhygienic right. for one.
1: I never understand people that can eat one crisp at a time. Surely that's not right. No, ram them in. in. You have to keep a handful.
3: I used to keep two bags of crisps in each blazer pocket at school. Really? Yeah, and then open them during the class. And you know when you have to eat them quietly... Yes. Using a lot of spit. <laughs> Suck Did you do that? Sucker Crisp in class, yeah.
1: That's part of his next book now. Um, yeah. So what other games can we find in here? In this, ha- Actually, can I just tell you, it's just a happy book. Yeah. It's sharing happiness and that's what we should all be doing. So what other games can we find in here? Give us an idea well, of some of the games.
10: So so it's, it's divided into chapters. So there's games to play with lots and lots and lots of people. Mm. There's also games to play on your own. Um... The oldest games in history. So, as well as uh, games you can play, there's also... We tell you about games from the past, the silliest game of all time we talked to you about. What was, uh, but what there's was also games there's, Well, you'll have to read the book. Oh, perfect. To find out. That's the way to sell a book. Uh, of course. I'm hooked. Uh, there's games, you're hooked. There's games to, to wear you out. There's also games to play in the car or the bus or on the train because those journeys get Perfect. long, don't they? Oh, yes. Yeah, the,
1: are we there yet? To stop those, those conversations happening. All of
10: that. So, so uh, uh, And there's a chapter, which I rather like, called Your Games. And in all these books uh, we've done, so in the joke book, we've got people to send in their own jokes, uh, people to send in their own pranks, and people, people send in their own games. Um, <clears throat> someone called Zach... Uh, who's age nine, uh, has developed a very um, clever game called Splat the Apple. Good, um, new, good he name. has an apple tree near his house. Hmm. And when the apples are rotten, he throws them and tries to hit them with a cricket bat, but only when they're really rotten. Oh, good
3: man. That's a good mm. game. I've got a similar game with my in-laws. It's called Get the Apple Across the Canal.
1: With uh, a cricket bat?
3: No, just with throwing. O- only Max but, can do it. But
1: I what think... about
3: people with, with barges going past? Oh, no, you have to wait for the barges. But there aren't that many at this time of year.
1: Yeah, but I I think what he's trying to say is he wants to be in your next book. He's got plenty of games. There we go, you see. We do have another
10: book coming out next year, but I won't talk about that just yet. No, um, no, no, come back.
1: (laughs) I think he...
10: We we talk about silly games from around the world. There's one, um, Great Pumpkin Kayaking which dates back to uh, Nova Scotia and Canada, uh, 1999, where the people get a giant pumpkin, they hollow it out and kayak it across a lake. And also in Staffordshire hmm. uh, in 1974, toe wrestling began. Did you know about that? Do I know about it? Their shoes. Yeah. a blooming champion. Wrestling. Yes. <laughs> well, you're the tominator aren't you? <laughs> oh, very good.
1: Rather Thank weirdly, it's something that we did on The Big Breakfast. I think Chris Evans and I actually toe-wrestled live on air. Really? As you do. Who, won? You do.
10: Who won? Chris. Oh,
1: you know, <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. I actually can't remember. Yeah, that means, that means Chris, Chris won. Maybe. It probably was him. Uh, you, do you know what? You, you do bring joy. And every time I see you, I always say this to you, that you're you're a real joy-giver. You know, I've see, seen you on stage um, in Les Miserables. You, you just bring joy there. You bring joy with Bake Off. Oh. Talking. When's it, do we know when it's coming back? When's it on? No,
10: I I don't know the exact date, but I know it's soon. And also tomorrow, I go off. Well, no, today, but tomorrow. Oh, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this. Say it. Oh, I'm saying say it. it anyway. We, say it. we start filming. We are <laughs> about to start filming the um the stand up to cancer ones with celebrities.
1: Do you know who's involved? Are you allowed to tell I us? I do,
10: but I'm not allowed to say. Oh, I'm not allowed to say. Not even a hint. I know, it's, not even a, it's someone on TV. That's my hint. Okay, I'm not allowed to say. Yeah, I, I, I
3: did, get in I, I, I did it once, but uh, but it was, it was while you were still living as Sunday Toxvig that I did it. And, uh, oh yes. So yes. So How'd you I, do? I, well, I was robbed. Um, fa- really? frankly, yeah. Perry from Diversity won it, and only Outland. because he did a backflip, and I couldn't
10: do a backflip. That sounds about
3: right. (laughs) That sounds about
1: right. (laughs) Matt Lucas, thank you. You are a complete and utter joy. Your book is out tomorrow. The very, 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 very silly book of games. Matt Lucas, thank you, my lovely. Thank you, Matt. Thank Thank you.
9: The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky
6: Virgin Radio.
3: From sweaty comedy clubs to sweaty TV studios, our next guest has come quite some way. His new book, That Moment When Life Stories from Way Back Then, is out tomorrow. So, ladies and gentlemen. Here to take a look back is the forward thinking comedy mastermind, also known as Mo Gilligan.
11: Yes! Yes! What a nice he, introduction that was. I yeah. think he just filmed you doing his
1: intro. <laughs> I did, I did. He did! Oh, can I do it again? <laughs> that <laughs> was so lovely that you filmed it. Yeah, it was oh, I was so Stumbling nice. a
3: little over my words there. You've
1: been so you've been on Mo's show. I have, yeah. It was, haven't oh you? yes.
3: What an experience. The oh, guests you. you had. I know, that was amazing. Jada Pinkett well. Smith. Yeah.
1: Wow. I mean,
11: Wow. David Schwimmer
3: as well the, the swim. yeah Ashleen B was on there He was B. on there yeah I was I was starstruck by all three four of you <laughs> <laughs>
1: So the tables have reversed. You know, all well, you know, there's one bit in your book, which I love. So the very beginning of the book and you're talking, it's your life story and it's mm-hmm. it's so honest and it's, it's a wonderful book. So congratulations Thank you. on it. But there's a lovely book, bit where you say about suddenly you've got, you're got sitting on the big chairs at school. Yes. And I, rem- I actually remember that. <laughs> that moment that you're not on the little kids' chairs anymore.
11: It's the moment when you're in primary school and you get a little taste of you get to feel like an adult now where you're like, oh my gosh, I get to sit on the big chairs. Or when you go to secondary school and you get to be on a normal chair, and then you go to IT and you're like, oh my God, a swivel chair. And then you compress this bit that makes you go down and go, tss, and you go up and you're like, wow, this is This is, special. This is a, taste was a very of good mind. You yeah. mimed doing that. that was I do. I, I work good. a lot with my, my hands, and I tss, that's why I've done the, the sound effect as well. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's
1: very good.
6: I like it. <laughs> Thank,
3: Thank you. <laughs> something rang really true with me about that same time in life where you, you're out with your mum and you see someone that you know. Mm. but you're somewhere that you sh- you don't really want to be yeah. at the market but you realise that the other person has seen you there and you've seen them there that's it
11: that's in the book that's you what we speak, speak about, about yet, when you it? go to the market because obviously I, my
3: mum would go to like East Street Market
11: which is like down the road down and the Wolf road from road. Here, yeah and um, yeah it's that thing where you go to the market and I'm like oh, I really don't want to be here and you see someone else you're like oh you go to my school and you don't want to be here too. And you're just like me. Um, but <laughs> it's weird because, you know, I talk about things like that in the book and weirdly now, like, I kind of want to go to the market because yes. it's helping out small businesses. It's local produce as well. I love
1: that you go back to you that market. You know what market. I mean? So,
11: it, And plus, it's, like that it's the art of, of a bargain as well. Do you know what I mean? My mum would be like, can I get 20 pence off the bananas? I'm like, really, mum? 20 p?" Good for her. Good like, woman. Yeah, but now you realise getting that 20 p off, mm. you can... Get a couple of plastic bags, I don't know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> is, no, because the thing is, I'm scared of haggling. And yeah. I always think when I go to a butcher's, I'm getting ripped off. Mm. Because I don't know what I'm talking about, and they really know what they're talking about. Yeah. So I, need to, I need to do some research.
1: Market, but in the market, they sort of want it. They don't want they? it. Oh, yeah. they, they want the haggle.
3: But they then I've the
1: become too polite. Please, thank you so much. So, That's very yes. kind.
3: How much, how much for the book then, Mo? So the book inside, <laughs> there is this lovely,
11: beautiful sleeve. You can see it's going, it's going for a score gazer. £20. £20? Pounds. 20 pounds. But I'm guessing at every every most 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 bookshops is about um,
3: just between fifteen and twenty. I uh, well, there you yeah. go. Can I get it for fourteen? <laughs> yeah, He's going to haggle with you. Then, gonna I, gonna haggle then I can, I can take that pound and go down the pound shop. Chucky want
11: <laughs> Chucky want him singles, geezer.
1: Want him cards and shapes Chucky in?
3: They're the bargain bin.
11: Do you know what I love? There,
1: there's another thing that I loved was you you talking about the teacher that believed in you.
11: Yes, Miss Simpson. When you
1: ha- Say her name again. Yeah, her
11: name is Miss Simpson. There, like there you Pembroke are. If you're school. listening,
1: Miss Simpson. Do you know, there is something, isn't it wonderful when that moment happens and there's a, they're so important, those mm. people that really believe in you yeah. and that you you keep them, you will keep them with you forever. Oh, they yeah. don't know how important they are.
11: 100%. I've always said that in terms of my, my story because like success, like success for me has happened very quickly and there's a lot of people that have played roles in different parts of my life, but that was probably like the first person that said, oh, you're really good at this. Like, try this. And you're like, oh man, like, no one's ever said that, and you and you know, like when someone says it and they don't want anything in return, they just say like, "like you're really good, just keep at it." So yeah, I That's always put her in high praises.
3: So yeah. we've we've done school, and you say it came to you quickly, yeah. But it's a lifetime of build-up to that. Oh yeah, scene. of course, so, yeah, so, yeah, So you know, it was like 2015, 2016. It's things started happening. Mm. Um, with that, I'm not insulting you by saying that you, you I'm tell you're 33 aren't you Yeah, I'm I allowed to say that Yeah, yeah, of course I not. mean I, I just it was on the internet Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, tell them man. So you've got <laughs> 34 in February, man. Well Yeah, bring up thirty four. That's a good year, thirty four. I remember thirty four. But when uh, when things happen to you like a little bit later like that, you you really grab hold of the opportunities when they. Oh yeah, I think
11: hundred percent. I think as as I got a little bit older, I reached an age where a lot of my friends in life would finish. They were finishing university and they're getting really good jobs and planning on moving out and even small things of like going on boys holidays and stuff that's like a big thing for a lot of guys and when me I'm grafting away and I couldn't afford these things when opportunities would come you'd be like I've got to take it with both hands because I'm at an age now where I kind of and you know I don't want to say it's like oh I'm getting on a bit but I'm not but I'm also at an age where like, I, I want to go on a boys holiday and I'd like to afford it so being able to do things like TV and try my hand in things I even trying radio and stuff like that I was like, I've got to just just go for it.
1: Uh, we just got some text, and I'm going to read them to you. Um, abs- This is from Holly. We absolutely love the Masked Singer as a family. Oh, it's an wicked. absolute saviour of lockdown. Just bonkers, but absolutely brilliant. Great to hear, Mo. This morning, lovely chap. He is. I can vouch for that. And Pam in Sunderland says, uh, loved hearing the story about your teacher, Mo. Oh, um, as Gabby says, all it takes is just for one person to believe in you, and it can change everything. I still remember some of my teachers. So oh, big other teachers, but man. Say her name again.
11: Uh, her name is Mrs Simpson. She is the... Head of drama at Pimlico school. Yeah, so she'll be off now, six weeks holiday, so she'll be off. Yeah, well, it
1: might be back today or tomorrow, but Mrs Simpson, if if any of her students are listening now, tell her that Mo gave her a huge shout-out. She'll be
3: listening on a Walkman.
2: (laughs) (laughs) She'll she'll have said,
3: read chapters (laughs) 40... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, read these chapters while I just sit here with my hand on my hand. That's what she's doing. A
1: Walkman is giving away his age. Mo Gilligan, your book is out tomorrow.
3: Yes, it's out
11: tomorrow.
9: C- in congratulations. All good
1: it's the moment when life stories from way back then. Mo Gilligan, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank
9: you. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky.
6: Virgin Radio.
1: It's Gabby Roslin here. Ricky Wilson, Sam Pinkham and I have been in for Chris across the week. We've already heard from a handful of our magnificent guests, but there's still so much more to come, including smash hit Irish author Cecilia O'Hearn flicks through the pages of her latest novel, Freckles. Award-winning actor Jude Law pops on the phone to delve into his new psychological thriller, The Nest, the one and only David Crofty Croft, gets us revved up ahead of the Dutch Grand Prix. And comedian, actor, writer and mental health campaigner Ruby Wax lifts the lid on her incredible retrospective BBC Two series When Ruby Wax Met. All of that and more still to come. So let's get right back to it. Ricky, over to you.
7: It's been seven eventful years in Woolford since cold-blooded Janine Butcher spooked the square with her villainous antics. But her hiatus has finally east-ended, with the killer set to return to the soap later this year. Here to take a butcher's at her time in Albert Square so far and to take a look ahead as to what's to come, it's the very lovely Charlie Brooks!
1: Good morning, lovely Charlie. Hello, my darling. How are you? Yeah, very well. Thank you. So excited that Janine is back on the square. You Me see, too. <laughs> you are that? Nah, she's very. I, I'm going to let everybody into uh, a bit of a, a showbiz secret. So, Charlie and I know each other. Charlie wouldn't tell me that she was back. She said, shh, don't say anything, don't say anything last time we spoke. But now we can talk about it. You're loud and proud. You're on the front page of the papers today. How does it feel being back on the square? It feels absolutely amazing.
12: I love my character and she is not letting me down, I have to say.
1: She's so much fun to play. Well, we all, got, we all know that she's coming back because the, on Friday night we saw Scarlett, who is Janine's daughter, had been messaging Tommy Moon. Now, of course, if people know EastEnders like I do, I've never missed an episode. Scarlett Moon is Janine's daughter. Tommy Moon is Kat Slater's son, but they yeah. share a dad. But Tommy Thank Moon you. doesn't know. It it is <laughs> so is this that is the? True. this is the build up for Janine walking back is it this week you're on um, so I think my first entrance back on screens is next Monday right okay so I'll be
12: tuning in with the fam very excited and you know she's come back to get what belongs to her Oh, she's
7: it's ter- it's ter- it's, 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 it's absolutely terrifying. She really but is, Charlie. <laughs> when you walk through the streets of London, especially if you walk through East London, do you get yeah. people shouting abuse at you?
12: I just get, Hey, Barry! You push Barry off the cliff. <laughs> Poor like, Barry! Probably fifty times a day.
7: Do you really? And yeah. that
12: was
1: what six, 17 years ago, it's something. Yeah, gap. It was a very
12: long time ago.
1: People don't forget. And also, I, I remember being in a shop, and you were there with the friend, uh, and I was in in the shop the other side. And I heard somebody shout out, "Janine!" And you looked yeah. round, and I thought, "No." And I got really confused, and I came up to you and I said, "Why are they calling you Janine? You're Charlie, and you were, but they do all the time." But it's, just, you don't mind it. Janine. I know, I'm just Janine to everyone <laughs> out there, Cab. <laughs> <laughs> so for all the all the years um that you were off Eastenders you did I know I know in every interview because you've done so many other things as well and you are very successful actress on on screen and on stage um everybody always asks you if you're going back and it's as if Eastenders never leaves you and Tamsin Althwaite always says the same thing even though her character is not alive anymore um the it never leaves you. and Those characters never leave you. Uh, do you find that a huge compliment people?
12: You know, it means she really left her mark, I suppose, which is good, you know. And she's so fun. She's such a fun character to play. I think she's like everybody's slight alter ego. She might say things that you'd never dream of saying only in your head, you know. <laughs> So, um, yeah, she's clearly left an imprint on, on, on people, which is wonderful.
1: And how far is it going to go this time? I mean, you're not going to tell us anything, are you? But at least I'm going to ask.
12: I I can't tell you much, but we have, you know, there's some great scenes between Kat Slater and Janine. Yes. I love working with Jessie. That's fantastic. You know, two strong women. Um, we've got, we can expect a fire. I can't say much more about that. A fire? Um a fire. There's a fire in the square. She's coming, and she's, um, you know, she's... Yeah, she's starting little fires everywhere, let's
1: say. And also, Lacey Turner must be coming back very soon from having her baby. So yeah. I imagine that, that uh, Janine... I, I, I mean, I imagine her, the two of them together, must and Stacey, Janine and Stacey. That'll be fire again.
12: Yes. No. We've definitely got loads to loads to look forward to. You know, there are so many characters who she crossed paths with. All those many years ago. So, um, you know, those relationships will definitely be revisited, uh, Stacey being one of them for sure.
1: Do you know, you've worked with such icons, though. I mean, you know, Mike Reed and, and yeah. you know, and all the characters there. I mean, so many of them. But also now, of course, you've got Danny Dyer on the square and you've got uh, Brian Connolly is there on the square. Yes, yes,
12: he is. It's funny because at the moment, because of COVID rules and everything, you know, our paths, we sort of, congregate in reception area if our uh, storylines cross a
1: little bit, but often they don't You know, so you don't see that many people Well enjoy every single moment of being back uh, Thank now, you, I you, will In real life, so you've got Scarlett on screen you're a mum of Scarlett yeah. on screen, but in real life you've got Kiki, how old's Kiki, Kiki? 16, okay. maybe 17. Terrifying, yeah. terrifying. We were talking about, because Sam's daughter is 12, about to enter the teenage years. Mm,
7: good luck with that, I know, Sam. friend. Can you, because can you, it's the comebacks, it's the comebacks. That's the problem is the, the girl, they're smart and I'm not smart and they come back at me all the time. Can you remember any of Kiki's smart comebacks as she approached her teenage years or maybe even now? Oh
12: my gosh, not off the top of my head, but there's so many, you know, it's, Uh, It's a funny old generation. They're the first generation of kids, really. I think the 16, 17 year olds who come out uh, having had a phone from a reasonably early age, you know, with social media and all that sort of stuff. So there are definitely new challenges that our parents are facing um, and um, yeah, I mean, she she comes back at me very quickly. She's a bright little she's a bright little thing. It's
7: terrifying, isn't it? And one more question for you, Charlie, before you go: How many drums do you think there are in the famous Duff Duffs? The famous Eastenders okay. Duff Duffs.
12: Any idea? Let me practice. Okay. let's practice. Okay. Um, how many drums are? do 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 do. Nine.
1: Well, Simon May, who wrote it, says. Eight or nine. Eight
7: or nine. He wasn't quite sure. <laughs> Even Simon doesn't know it. <laughs> All right. Well, look, good luck. Not that you need it. Good luck. Thanks yeah, very much. Welcome
1: back to The Square. I've never missed an episode. And I think Janine is one of the greatest characters, as you know. I really do believe that. Uh, congratulations. Welcome back. Welcome home to The Thank Square. You. Thank so much. It's good to be back. Lovely to talk to you guys. Thanks, Janine. See ya, Thanks, Janine.
9: <laughs> the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky.
6: Virgin Radio.
9: From Tinseltown to London Town, our
2: next guest, Talent and handsome Fizzog, are instantly recognisable. His new movie, The Nest, is out in cinemas now, and here to tell us all about it is a man that's a law unto himself, because the himself we're talking about
1: is Jude Law! Hello, Jude. Come in,
2: Jude. Good
1: morning. Good
2: morning. Good morning.
1: How are you doing on this fine morning? I'm
2: very
13: well, thank you. Very well indeed.
1: You haven't been kept up by the baby?
13: No. Good. No, 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 no.
1: Pleased to hear it. OK, so, Jude, as you heard, uh, the first thing this morning, at 5.30 this morning, Ricky and I were saying that those mo- those crackling moments of silence and stillness yeah. at the beginning of the film, you sort of... Don't want to breathe. You don't want to look away from the screen because you're not quite sure of the ride you're going to take us on.
13: Yeah, he's a very clever director. Sean Dirk, what was interesting was in the script, the thriller element, the sort of haunted house, was even more pronounced. So there was this very subtle, very nuanced family drama set in a world of suspense and high sort of thriller stakes. And I love that, I love that uh, uh, sandwich, if you like. Um, And so you're watching something very much set in the real world, but with the dramatic stakes of, uh, of of a sort of horror, of a haunted house drama where everyday decisions really matter.
3: It was so intense, but wide open at the same time. I found it quite difficult. Um, when you're filming something like that, is it as intense being part of it as it is to watch it? Because I'd need, like, to go home home after a day of filming and have a palate cleanser, like, watch The Three Amigos or something. So, do you...
13: you No, we kind of knew the job at hand, Mm. and we were fortunate to have a team around us that supported the, the, as you mentioned, the sort of intensity of each moment. Um... But the people involved in it were, were great fun. So there's a strange sort of comparison between the intensity that you're putting into the work in front of the camera and getting every shot just right because the idea was also to try and shoot each moment in a single shot as often as possible, which puts the pressure on you to really carry off long, long uh, 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 pages of, of scenes. But But the fact is everyone there was there for the love of it. And they're all very good at their job. And so there's a great sense of reward. There's a great sense of teamwork and collaboration. Carrie Coon, who plays my wife, is a phenomenal actress and and does a lot of theater, uh, which is something I did certainly a a while back. So we would both leave every day with a great sense of sort of relish. And there was a lot of fun involved in the making of it because we all got on. Hmm. The intensity was left on screen.
1: Well, for everybody who obviously who haven't seen it, because we're being very in and talking about this film, that people might not know the premise. So just give us an idea what The Nest is all about.
13: Sure. So it's set in 1980s, 1986 to be specific. And I play an Englishman who is, gone to america to make his fortune as a trader uh he's also a sort of entrepreneur and he decides to drag his young family back to england just before deregulation, just before the big bang because he believes he can make his fortune and he brings them back and puts them up in a huge house in the middle of the countryside and sort of leaves them there what you see is he Slowly peels away, and you reveal that he's not all that he says he is, and the family sort of disintegrates. And really, at the centre, you realise that what the one thing he's not providing is is the love uh, that keeps a family together. But he thinks he's providing everything because he's sort of spoiling them with uh, with, with with fine schools and fur coats and what have you.
3: Um, yeah, I, I feel like sometimes I find life a bit overwhelming. And I I, I really like envy those people that can hold it all together. But I was watching this saying, how is he holding it together? Because I would be panic, panic stations. But that kind of 80s coolness of of Rory was like something that I I, at first was jealous of, but then realised that it's something that you can't, you can't bottle life up like that. It's really hard. And that was shown in these brilliant, the brilliant way the director made uh, long scenes of of, of stillness, like Gabby said, followed by high intense scenes, like the, the, the argument in the front room. Uh yes. that that was that was and, and also but then quieter scenes like the taxi scene at the end. Sorry, I'm really getting into it, aren't I? I shouldn't be doing this. I'm glad. Yeah, but
13: you're not no, getting really any spoilers said, I love that which is it good. lingers. Because uh, yeah. I think you're right, it does linger because it, it 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 because it's set in a family and it's not about a family that have lost someone, it's not about a family that is uh, even splitting up. It's about a family staying together, trying to stay together, trying to sort of understand each other and the complicit nature of that. And so I think it's Got an awful lot to it that's very familiar. I was the same, and I was uh, a part of making it. I remember seeing it, and it really stuck with me because it reminded me of little things, from my past, or families that I knew, or maybe the family that I'm in. But but also that bravado you talked about, I think, is more common than even perhaps the the veneer of the 80s. You know, I think it also lifts the lid on that type of life that we can all sometimes be guilty of doing Well, we put on our best face, right? We put on our best front. We, we, we tell everyone a little more than they want to hear, or we're always the, the upbeat person. It's exhausting. And that, can, that costs that yeah. takes a lot out of people. And um, this is very much about a man who's surviving on that on that front foot.
3: Yeah. Well, I don't mind telling you, Jude. And I did tell the listeners, and this is a selling point for me, but I had my first nightmare in years last night. And I, I blame I blame you entirely for that. But I, <laughs> oh, but, I'm sorry. But like, so it even lingered in tonight. But um, I but I think that's amazing because you know it's not like going to see a film where you walk out the cinema and you move on with your day. It was like really, it, 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 it's more verging on art. Well, it is art. Yeah, there you go.
13: Someone asked me. I did a Q and A for it last week, mm. and uh, the one question that was slightly uncomfortable was the, a guy who said, uh, "But what happens?" <laughs> You know, do they, and I won't give anything away, but, you know, are they together? Do they not stick together? And one of the things I love about it is that it does have this slight open end where it's up to you to decide, well, do they make it work? Do they not make it work? Are they they together? Are they not together? Will they change? Can anyone change? And I I think leaving stories open-ended like that invites an audience in more and certainly invites them to have conversation.
3: Well... I can recommend The Nest highly. I can't recommend The Nest highly enough. It's in cinemas now. It stars you... Jude Law. Jude Law, yeah. thank you
1: very much thank for joining so us. Much. Have a great day. Thank
6: you. No, thank, you. you thank
9: you. Thank you. Bye. Have a good
1: day. You too.
9: The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio.
2: She's interviewed some of the biggest stars on the planet and now it's time to look again with a hefty dose of hindsight. Her new show, When Ruby Wax Met, concludes this Sunday at 9pm on BBC Two. And here to tell us more is the one and only... Ruby, Ruby! Ruby, Ruby. Wax...
1: Well, we had to do that, didn't we? Good morning to you, lovely Ruby. How are you? Good. How are you? Oh, what a oh good intro. Uh, yeah. We're actually going to no get. Words. We wanted Ricky to do it live. I Go- was doing
3: it live. Don't. don't yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Thank um, you, Ruby. Do you know what? You know, every time I see you, I always tell you I'm in awe of you. I am. And watching these again, when Ruby um, Wax met. met, okay, I'm going to be really honest with you. It made me cry because it is yeah. magnificent. Yes. Talking. No, it did. It it's magnificent. You are magnificent, and those programs were just brilliant, Ruby.
5: Thank you. Okay, I can go and now have a life. Yeah, you, you can. <laughs> now
1: you can go. Yeah. Uh, but okay. So obviously Thanks. we have to start with the the Donald Trump and the the amazingly beautiful Goldie Horn and your best friend Carrie Fisher. I mean that yeah. that episode of going back and looking at it was very
5: emotional for you as well. Well, yeah, I mean, I, Carrie's—I forgot she was that beautiful, and I remember it's like early courtship, you know, when um, when I fell in love <laughs> and decided to woo her. So it's like looking back on an affair or something. Of course, we didn't have sex, but we our minds did. But you, you, you
1: were—you were super close friends after meeting on the show, weren't you? Mm, yeah, you do
5: watch a flirtation take take um, root, as they say. Yeah,
1: but you so that. Makes- you got the most incredible things out of people. I mean, because you were daring, and you you just went for it. I mean, you had that oomph. Those, those.
3: You want to say a word that I know you want to yeah. say, but you can't say it.
1: You have that, who knows? Yeah, yeah, that's a good word. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. Where did that come from? I don't know. I don't know. When I watched back after twenty five, I thought, what was she doing? I, you know, it was like um, I don't know, an animal that had been released from a cage. <laughs> Years, Uh, but um, and I knew I would. The interview would go on for days, so you're actually watching a smushed-up version. So there would be a lot of like, we'd have dinner, we'd uh, tell each other our life story, and then you let me out, and we edited down sometimes five days into half an hour
3: right because I'm like I'm being quite quiet uncharacteristically quiet now because I'm a little bit starstruck but I suppose over a period of time like that when you're interviewing someone you get to you you get past the starstruck bit and then you can get really into the nitty-gritty is that that what it was like yeah like
5: if we you know whoever you talk to you know you both calm down they both get the lay of the land oh she's not a she's not a journalist she's not going to get the dirt on me right even though I'm Oh, the dirt. But um, <laughs> then they trust you. You know, when somebody trusts you, it's like, um, well, you know what I mean? But Chaining also,
3: because you're spending such a long time with them, you, it's not like summoning up a character to be while you're doing it. You kind of have to just fall into actually putting all your being, you're being as naked in front of them as you want them to be in front of you. Not literally, obviously. Is that right? Yeah,
5: sometimes literally, but um <laughs> don't <see> that stuff. <laughs> no, I have to do a striptease, and then they do it too. You can't just ask those questions, and um, we cut out my stuff. But um, but they they don't mind. You know, people like when you're curious and you're investigating them, but with great love, so they like that.
1: No, there's a tremendous amount of love that you definitely show, um, I, and you you make every effort to make them feel. Warm and loved. but the And I know that you've spoken so much now about the Donald Trump one, but it is extraordinary to watch back, especially with your
5: commentary now, you watching it back. Oh, no, it's it's it, I, I don't ever want to see it again. <laughs> that's how bad it is. But well, it's kind uh, of, you because- know, because I don't like I don't like seeing myself that weak, you know, and that flummoxed and that's weak and flummoxed. But
1: it it didn't show you as weak and flummoxed as a a viewer watching it again, because I remember it the first time around. But watching it again and your reaction to it, what I see is him not being particularly nice to you. I don't see you being weak at all. I see a a strong woman who's not being
5: allowed to be herself. Oh, that's good. Let's let's stay with that story. I mean, you know. It takes two to tango, so he he threw me off, and um, he threw a whole country off. So I'm not blaming myself. Well, you know, I did, we were all shaking s- in our boots.
3: You say we're not blaming yourself, but you did before when he said he was going to be president, and maybe he thought at this point, yeah. "I'll show that ruby wax." <laughs> uh, and it was, it's, it's all been a tumbling <laughs> fault of <laughs> yours ever have. since. It's me. It's
10: you.
1: Now the only you've got. You've I'll got, show that. you've got an amazing book out i mean you've written so many books about mindfulness and you've you've got your degree and uh, you've got your new book a mindfulness guide for survival did you did, did all of this come from years of doing
5: these incredible shows no it came well the whole going to oxford and getting my degree in mindfulness and writing the last the books is because i got kicked out of tv lovingly uh I'd like to say, but I got kicked out. So I had to reinvent quickly um, because otherwise you end up on shows that I've no amount of money. That's all I'm saying. No, you know, right. when you have to no, eat right. your young on yeah. TV. <laughs> so I decided I'd, I'd scrape together what was left of my brain after all that. And you don't want to, you know, fame is very addictive. So it hurt, the cold turkey hurts. So instead, I just changed my career and then ended up studying uh, how your brain works, which to me, boy, was that That's as interesting as it gets. I mean, they're not movie stars, but to know how this piece of machinery, the mothership works. And then I wrote A Mindfulness Guide for Survival, which was the last one. And it gives you a kind of, it's a workbook to get to know yourself. And so that you can deal with, you know, the harsh winds that blow, Uh, you know, the realities that none of us ever face because we're too busy on the phone. And that's my kind of fascination. And it was when I was interviewing the guests, I really wanted to know how do their brains work? And now I studied it under a, not that I didn't get Pammy in a mind uh, scanner, in a brain scanner, but I like to know how we work. That's all, you know, that's my real interest. Do
1: you know what, Ruby, I'm going to, I'm going to end with how I started. Uh, You do bring tears to my eyes because I think you are phenomenal. I absolutely adore you so hugely. And I thank you so much for, for those shows and, and your books. I really think you're incredible. And I mean it, thank every you. word of it. Bless you. Ruby Wax, right. thank, thank you very much you. indeed. Thank wow. you.
9: The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio.
2: Jeez, the smash hit author that can frequently be found at the top of all bestseller lists. Her new book, Freckles, is out this Thursday and here to tell us more is a lady that's written so many books she's actually got her own wing in every library in the country. It's Cecilia
1: Ahern! Oh, you are magnificent. <laughs> Welcome! Hello, Thank sir. you so much. I, I wish I had my own wing in
14: every library. That would be fantastic. Well, you'd
1: need <laughs> it, the amount of books you've sold. I mean, well, let's not talk about... Well, yes, let's talk about P.S. I Love You. I know we're going to talk about Freckles because you got your new book out, and congratulations on that. But, thank wow, you. your books are just fantastic.
14: Oh, thank you so much. Well, I'm biased, I agree. <laughs> well,
1: that's lucky. Do you still do you love all of your books equally, or is it like children, you just you can't choose one?
14: Um. Oh, that that is a difficult question. They all mean something different to me, and, and even though they're not about me or my life, they do kind of represent a certain time in my life, so I, I might cling to some more than others, okay. um, a little bit more, yeah. But
1: I, I get that. P.S. I Love You is one of those, uh, I love the book. You were only 21 when you wrote it. Love the book, love the film, absolutely love the film. Do you now write with the thought of a film, possibility of a film?
14: Um No, definitely not. I think I have to write in the same way I always did, which is, you know, I want to tell the story as a novel in the way I see it in my head. But I think the reason why they've been kind of successful as TV or film is because I'm quite a visual writer. So I write what I see and, and they're quite high concept, which is obviously what TV and film people like. So I think many of them have become TV and film for that reason. Um, my short story collection, which is now been, is in production, or is that just wrapped, actually? Um, I did write that with the intention of it becoming a TV series. So that's kind of the only one that i that i did right and, with and that that's plan. that's
3: called raw isn't it
14: that is raw yeah and it's um it's actually starring nicole kidman oh, oh, making, oh. <laughs> Wowzers! and it's for apple tv plus um so we just they just finished filming in the last few days so it's that's very exciting okay let's
1: talk <clears> about <throat> freckles i mean i find them the most extraordinary uh this the the plot is brilliant but oh, so, you. so you are the
14: average of the five people you spend the most time
1: with.
3: That's worrying.
14: Yeah, I mean, it's about a character whose nickname is Freckles and she's a very literal person. She's a parking warden, so she follows strict rules and guidelines. And she hears this expression from a guy who is very angry that she ticked it. And um, she takes it as an insult, actually, because he means it as that. And she starts to examine the five people in her life and what their characters say about who she is. Um, and then she re- not completely satisfied with what she discovers she realizes that if she chooses a very specific set of five people she can kind of become whoever she wants to be um and that she can be in control of of the next kind of version of herself and she can shape herself and her life so it's really about um she's a very quirky character and she's kind of you know kind of examining herself a lot and trying to make herself better trying to upgrade herself so it's an interesting theory. It's it's really it's a Jim Ron. It's a motivational speaker theory, um, and it's really about you know if you surround yourself by successful pe- people, then you will be successful. And kind of that's the idea of it.
3: I need to spend more time with Ronan Keating, don't I? That's that's the. <laughs> can I ask? Do the do dogs count uh, about spending time with people? Um,
14: you know, I think they should because they've got their own little soul, don't they? And they yeah. can. I think it's, It's kind of, the question has opened up a lot more. I mean, it's not about the five people who shape your whole life. Um, And I think that at different phases of your life, you can ask the question and get different answers. You know, if you get a new job or if you move neighbourhoods or, you know, if you just change your schedule a bit. Um, The idea in the story is that it's not the five people that you probably think it is. It's probably, you know, the chat that you have with the same person at the bus stop every morning. You know, they might kind of inspire you in different ways or, you know, educate you in different ways or the person that you get your coffee from, you know, the same person every morning. So it's really, if you kind of examine it, you probably spend more time with people that you don't imagine are the people um, than, you know, friends or family or anything like that. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a nice story and nice for me to write as well because I'm kind of examining who do I really spend the yeah. most time with. Um, the answer hasn't been obvious. <laughs> I was going to say,
1: <laughs> Cecilia, you do know when you go to get your coffee today that they're going to look at you and think, oh, <laughs> is that me? <laughs> And when, you know, that traffic Uh, warden, they're going to think, maybe she's writing about me, maybe that's who it is. Do you take all your inspiration from people around you then?
14: um, Not really. I'm not, well, of course, I I suppose I have. I'm absorbing everything. I I watch a lot and I listen a lot. But I'm not one of those writers who's got a little notebook and and writes down what people say. And, you know, I'm not like a little spy like that. But I think I just do sponge. (laughs) I am like a sponge and I absorb everything around me. Um, Even though I'm constantly talking here, um, I'm not much of a talker and I think I'm a listener. Um, and I love to just watch people and, and listen. And you, you notice so much from the expressions on people's faces, you know, the way they say something, how they say something, you know, what, what was unsaid in that expression. So I think that's kind of very inspiring to me. I start to wonder in my head, well, what if, or, you know, mm. start to make up things in my head.
1: Well, that's exactly, that's how, you write as you're speaking now, because everything is, as you said, it's so visual, that, that I'm, I'm slightly trying to cast freckles now. Well, the thing is when oh. she
3: was writing the book, she was probably spending most of her time with freckles. Is yeah. that, so how did that well, work?
14: Yeah. What do you mean with with actual freckles? Well yeah, when you I suppose
3: when you're <laughs> writing a book you're really inside the story and you kind of like
1: um
14: yeah, yeah, they really do. They become a part of my life. And and the odd thing is I suppose if people don't really have imagination or don't write, it's hard to think how is it not you? But it's really not. I, I just get into the head of this other character, and they do become like a friend. You know, they become so familiar, you're kind of thinking, as they would in a lot of circumstances. So it's very, it's it's sad to say goodbye, even though I'm delighted to finish a book (laughs) and it's such a relief. It is also sad to say goodbye to the character. That's
3: what sequels are for.
14: Yeah, and it's it's
1: not goodbye. There'll be a sequel and there's going to be the film. There is, without a doubt, I am still thinking of casting. I think Kate Winslet, just, I've always go, Kate Winslet... She's incredible, absolutely, yeah. She can She can be in anything of mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're listening now, Kate, there we go, you've heard it. Uh, Cecilia Rahean, Freckles, it's out now. What a joy to speak to you. Thank you very much
14: indeed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
9: The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky.
2: Virgin Radio. Fields of bulbs, beautiful windmills, clogs, and in about 24 hours, the dulcet tones of our next guest. That's right, the Dutch Grand Prix is live and exclusive on Sky Sports F1 this weekend, and here to tell us all about it is a man that, if you were watching, really earned his money last weekend. It's the Motormouth, Crofty! <laughs>
1: Morning, morning, Crofty! How morning. are you? Morning, Gabby. I'm all right, my lovely. How are you both this morning? We're very well, thank you. I'm speaking on behalf of Ricky, but I, I think he's not. very well it's as how well. I was thank you. Answer. Uh, Crofty, what's this? You spoke for four hours before this, said, uh uh, not happening.
8: Yeah, it, it, we thought we'd have a race in Belgium last Sunday. The weather thought otherwise, sadly. It, it did not stop tipping it down all weekend long. Couldn't get a race. Um, I couldn't leave the commentary box because obviously we had millions of people to try and talk to all around the world who wanted some Formula One chat. So you remember those days, Gabby, when we did local radio phone-ins? It was a bit like that, to be <laughs> honest, just carrying on talking.
3: And, and you <laughs> couldn't even throw to a song. You can't go, no. Here,
8: here's Yaz.
3: It was just, yeah, I know, just...
8: and I tried, to get, I tried to get Martin Brundle to do some karaoke, and he wouldn't do that either. It was shocking.
3: Uh, uh, Brundle in the jungle. Uh, Welcome to the Brundle.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How's it all looking this year? Because, of course, so many of them were cancelled and then after last weekend, and then you've got this week coming up. How does it... Does it feel different? Yeah,
8: it it, it does, to be honest. It feels like it's... (laughs) even more difficult to get the season on this year than it was last year and last year was was pretty tough to get 17 races away. We've had to cancel Japan uh, because of COVID Uh, Turkey, we're meant to be going to in a few weeks that's still on the red list as are Mexico and Brazil. At the moment, 22 races is the calendar, uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if another one didn't drop off that calendar. But in between all the COVID logistics, guys, we have got the best title race for many a long year. It's exciting, isn't it? It's fabulous, isn't it? it? Three points in it. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, three points in it because Max Verstappen won the race that wasn't a race in Belgium and, and closed that gap he now goes to his second home race in the space of seven days because he was born in Belgium but he's got Dutch nationality and everyone who is going to visit Zandvoort as a fan this weekend is going to be cheering on Max Verstappen he's the reason why we're going to Holland massive pressure on his shoulders but so far he's been able to cope with all the pressure that's been thrown his way but Lewis Hamilton will be desperate to get back to winning ways he's only won once in the last eight races and that was at Silverstone so we know what home advantage can do for a driver and it wouldn't surprise me if we get a little tangle and a tussle at the first corner as well because that's the only place you can overtake in zambo does that whet your appetite a bit oh god oh, I'm
3: excited
1: just a bit yeah. oh it's incredible I <laughs> uh, so do you, okay I, I'm gonna put you on the spot because oh. it is so close which way yeah. is it gonna go
3: no
8: spoilers which way is it, <laughs> oh, right so you've got You've got the guy who's got seven world titles going for a record eight. He's got all the experience of the world up against the guy who's never led a world championship before this year, but who's probably got the better car. I'm going for experience over Max Verstappen. So I'm going Ooh. to go for Lewis Hamilton um, because I think experience counts when you get right to the heart of it. Um <laughs> Little small mistakes can cost you an awful lot. Max Verstappen isn't making mistakes, but he's had the worst luck so far. And I think it might just be a bit more bad luck besides this title. I'm going for Lewis. But don't be surprised if it's the other way round, especially now that I've tipped Lewis for the title. Yeah.
1: <laughs> of course, the Dutch Grand Prix, two p.m. Sunday, Sky Sports F1. Now, Crofty, mm-hmm. you and I know each other of old. Yeah. I hear you went shopping yesterday. <laughs> I'm gonna... I came up to see yeah, go yeah, on. to
8: London. Yeah. Go on, no, I came up to see Taffer Dave, and then yes, I did go shopping for my my gorgeous other half's fortieth birthday. Yes. Yeah.
1: I think mm-hmm. I might guess what you bought her.
3: Uh, go on, then. As long as it wasn't Formula One related, I'm sure she'll be happy. Formula One
8: related. OK. What do you think? What do you think? What, what would you want from me, Gabby, when you turn 40?
1: Oh, bless you. That's in seven years. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> right. So, I think that you bought her... On one hand, I think you bought her a handbag. No.
8: No, no OK. not a handbag. The
1: other hand another year's subscription to sausages, because I know that's what you like,
8: <laughs> It's what I like, it's what she likes, too. That's why we're just a match made in heaven, quite frankly. Uh, no, I actually did the sensible thing and bought things that she likes rather than stuff that I like. Uh, um, I've already... I've already suggested many things we can do on her 40th birthday, including going to see a heavy metal concert. It didn't go down too well. <laughs> so I've gone for, I've gone, for, and I can say this because she's actually not listening to the radio because she's at work at the moment. I've gone for spa treatment. Right. I've gone for perfume. I've yeah. gone for clothes. And I've managed to secure a really fancy car for the whole week for her. So she can oh, move around in the sports car. That's good. That's can you good. say what car so it is? Yeah, thank you very much Porsche. They have uh, oh, made uh, nice. made her dreams come true on that
3: one. I've got I've got a birthday coming up for my wife and I found it really difficult because over the last year I haven't been shopping with her so I don't know <laughs> what she, what she wants and also she just buys everything <laughs> online. She sees it, she buys it. Yeah. She sees it, she buys it. So it's been—it's very tricky, you know.
1: Sausage subscription—that's how Crofty—he—it's he, his favourite thing on the planet. is uh, uh, his subscription yeah. to sausages.
3: But Keep I bought a girl my a sausage. That's what you need. I bought my wife a sausage subscription. Is the best euphemism <laughs> I've ever heard. <laughs> hey,
1: Crofty, thank you very much. Lovely to talk to you. Thank you. You too. Take care. Bye.
9: The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky.
6: Virgin Radio.
1: Thank you so much for listening to the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show podcast with Sky. You can listen every week from wherever you get your podcasts. That way you'll never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from the show.